this is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Give me some truth. This morning, we have a special guest, Jesse Lerner from Sustain Dane. I'm Mitch DeWitt, and we also have Clint Walkner, and we are going to learn a little bit more about Jesse and her organization. So, Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. For starters, could you just give us a little bit of overview about your organization and what you guys stand for? Yeah. Um, well, so Sustain Dane is the sustainability organization in Dane County. Um, we have been an organization for nearly 20 years. And, you know, what we stand for, we really believe that change happens when inspired people take action. And so all of our work, regardless of which area of programming, is helping you as an individual make change happen toward, for a sustainable future. Awesome. And how long have you been involved in the organization? Yeah, so I've been with Sustain Dane for 10 years, and I've been in my current role as executive director for the past four. Past four. And did you start as maybe an intern, or what, what did that look like? Yes. How did you even get involved? <laughs> I started as an intern um, within a year of graduating from college, um, doing the multiple job juggling thing that many Madisonians do. Um, So I started as an intern and quickly turned into part-time work, Um, and then a few years in, turned into full-time when we had our second executive director. Um, And then in 2013, when um, our second executive director left, the board asked if I would um, step in as interim, and the rest is history. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah. And now when you were, going back to when you are in college and kind of and graduating and figuring out what, what's happening next, is sustainability something that you really were striving to get into, or is it kind of by chance with the internship? Could you talk a little yeah. bit about, about your individual passion and how that what ultimately led, led me to, to sustain gain and sustainability? Awesome. Um, so let's see. When I was graduating, I was looking to get involved in something that I felt mattered. Um, so that's a very big, broad, <laughs> blurry definition. <laughs> I also was, you know, back in 2007, um, I was starting to really become aware of sustainability and realizing that sustainability really married my passions for working with people and my love of the environment and acknowledging that sustainability is how people engage with their environment, the community, and the economy. And so it did seem like a topical area that um, was something that I could really dig my dig my teeth into. And it wasn't something I had formal training in. I actually graduated with a degree in zoology and psychology. 
Um, but at through school, that's a whole, that's a 20 minute podcast on itself. (laughs) 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 Through school, I was really realizing and, and some study abroad experiences and volunteer experiences that, um, my passion was really in educating and engaging people and helping them, um, find their ways of making the change that they wanted to be. And, you know, at that point in time, I was doing environmental education with the Elder Leopold Nature Center and looking for a nonprofit to gain experience with. And Sustained Dane at that time was one full-time employee, our first executive director, Bryant, um, and one part-time employee and a bunch of interns. And um, now we are a staff of six with still a bunch of beautiful interns. Thank you, interns, if you're listening. And um, uh, so we really had grown and professionalized over the past 10 years. And, oh, Clint looks like you're going to ask yeah. something. That's right. Uh, so, you know, as far as the definition of sustainability and kind of a good example of what you've seen uh, or how you've seen like a business or an individual put sustainability into action, can you, can you give us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we're talking about sustainability, we're really talking about a holistic approach, um, acknowledging that the, and this is going to get all academia on you. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Um, that the environmental, um, the environmentals, the natural systems, um, our social systems and our economic systems, you know, there are all these systems that have influence and you as an individual, the choices and behaviors that you make impact all three of those. And you can't have a sustainable system without having all of those working. Um, and we're really striving to ensure that, you know, we're, we don't, we're not going to have a sustainable community unless everyone is operating within those three um, in a way that is allowing them to be thriving and well-being. And I'm throwing a bunch of buzzwords out there, which is totally what you're not supposed to do. Um, (laughs) And I'm talking with my hands. You're not pounding the table, so that's good, right? I'm moving my hands in circles. (laughs) So for an example, and I think here's the issue, you know, with a lot of of people in business, um, you know, feel like, uh, you know, that they want to be part of kind of a sustainable type of mission. But, you know, there's that whole, okay, you're a corporation, you got to think for that corporation. And therefore, you're not supposed to be sustainable, because you're only supposed to focus on the on the, you know, bottom line. And I, I reject that. You know, I think that, Yay. that, that good do, job. Yeah, thank good, you. Good businesses do have sustainable practices. And it's not just like, you know, having a recycle bin, you know, it's a lot mm-hmm. more than that, right? So is there an example of where, uh, you know, a corporation, um, where you guys helped a corporation become more sustainable? Yeah, so there's a you know over a hundred examples of sure. businesses that, that in our in our Madison region. Oh, I'm pounding the table. In our Madison region that we have worked with um, through our Empower Champions program, and um, I'll get to an example in a second. But when I'm just thinking about your comment on businesses, you know thinking about sustainability, I think one of the ways I have seen organizations. Um, begin to engage in it from a bottom line perspective is if you start looking at the actions you're doing beyond a short-term period. You know, if you take that three-month quarterly um, goal and extend it to a year, all of a sudden what makes sense financially is different. If you extend that to two years, all of a sudden what makes sense financially becomes different. And, and, you know, if you can push that to three or five or 10, it's a whole different story. Um, And it's also if you're beginning to look at, okay, the impact of that, does it have uh, impact on our financial line, um, our bottom line? You know, that is either a 
first it's a quick yes or no. And if it's a no, you start looking, does that have an impact on, an, on our ability to attract or retain employees? Does that have an impact on our PR or our marketing, which has some convoluted formula that, get back, that gets back to your bottom line? Does that have a risk reduction? Um, so there's a lot of ways to begin to expand a simple yes or no to get to a yes. Um, you know, and as far as as an example, um, the first one that's come, I didn't, I should have thought about this before, which organization <laughs> I Well, there's so many examples, There right? are. So. Um, you know, one of the first ones that's popping to mind is actually um, April Air Research Products. And I, I think of them, um, you know, they're, uh, I believe, 75 plus years um, manufacturing organization um, down on the isthmus. And, you know, we worked with them multiple years. They're a sustainable business, Nick, Sustainable Business Network member, as are you. And um, through their Empower, you know, some of the projects they were working on, they started with energy efficiency projects, um, gained a lot of quick return on investment. Um, but some of the areas where I really appreciate their, um, where they see the dollars expanding into employee engagement and retention and attraction is they have a huge, huge focus on employee wellness and involving local food in that and a huge um, uh, focus on community-supported agriculture. And, you know, for some individuals, community-supported agriculture, you know, you get this big box of veggies and you're like, I have no idea what that ugly vegetable is. And it creates stress. And then there's food waste. And then you're going against all the things you wanted to do. Um, but they really created a, a community with their employees around, okay, how, what are the um, recipes that are, you know, family and culturally something that you want to share with the rest of the team? And it just created this huge sense of community around something that was really good for their health, um, which has bottom line impacts when you're looking at health insurance, et cetera. So that um, is just the first thing that comes to mind. And there are a couple of programs that you sprinkled now throughout yeah. this conversation. Empower is one. You mentioned Sustainable Business Network. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about those? Or are there other programs that Sustain Dane has that is worth mentioning on yeah, the podcast? Yeah, thank you. Um, so our annual conference, the Sustain Dane Summit, will be happening in November. Um, and that is a, a really wonderful one-day um, exploration of sustainability folk, you know, there'll be local sustainability, um, awardees. So actually, uh, we will be seeking nominations shortly. So do check us out because the guidelines for that, um, will be focusing this year on young, um, sustainability champions. And so really acknowledging with that, um, people who are younger are going to be inheriting and having to deal with the, challenges or opportunities that we as a community including the business community create um, so there's our sustainable our sustained Dane summit and then we also um, recently did a partnership with living in balance um, called the megaphone really focusing on your sustainability stories and you know storytelling is this beautiful old art that goes back culturally everyone um, engages in this around the world but how do we use that tool to help be better change agents and inspire others. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of stories coming out on our social media um, that participants did live on a story slam back on a dreary day in February. Awesome. Yeah. So there's lots to look forward yes. to, it sounds like. Yes. Good. Now, what are some of the challenges with 
running a nonprofit organization, securing donations, and, and really the long-term sustainability of a nonprofit organization here in Dane yes. County? I'm, I have a big smile on my face because that is the question right now, not just for Sustained Dane, but the industry as a whole or the sector as a whole. Um, you know, when you're looking at the nonprofit field um, and Sustained Dane, you know, we are a, a nimble organization and constantly trying to reinvent ourselves to say to stay relevant and meet the needs of, of our program participants in our community and um, being a sustainable organization is a challenge, especially when um, the, you know, you have program service revenue, you have donations, you have grants, you have sponsorships, and um, the field is constantly changing for each of those. And I know, um, you know, before we started the, the play button, we were talking about um, donations and the changing tax codes and um, just how the, the field is shifting so much. And I think um, the, the constant shift, which is not different than the constant shift for another sector who relies on their program or their, their service revenue, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's a wild, it's wild west out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine that. The new, yeah. the new tax code is, is a challenge for organizations and, and for those that might not be aware. I mean... There's a cap now, you know, on on property taxes, on state taxes, and, and it's making things more difficult because um, the, you know, on one end, this, the standard deduction got doubled. Um, and so, you know, for somebody that's that's married, filing joint, it's like 24000 and, and single, it's, it's 12000 And um, so the issue with that is that less people will be itemizing. So in many cases, they would they would itemize, and as part of those itemized uh, deductions that they would have, their charitable contributions would go into that itemization. Uh, but now, many more people are going to be using the standard deduction, which is great for people that are doing their taxes, and it's going to make it simpler. It's bad for organizations such as nonprofits because because less people are itemizing, you know, they might not be as inclined to make those charitable contributions. So first and foremost, I would say, as just a public service announcement, I mean, if you're... If you're making donations solely for the purpose of getting a tax deduction, um, you probably should rethink what you're doing. You know, like you know, find organizations you really believe in and be charitably inclined, anyways, regardless of tax deductibility. But secondarily, I would say that there are ways that you can now cluster and group contributions where you could still itemize if you are planning and making a larger contribution. So I think that's the challenge for nonprofit organizations: is saying, okay, well, if somebody is going to cluster these. Um, contributions, how do we plan for mm -hmm. that? And therefore, we as individuals should think about the sustainable mission of these nonprofits and plan for that. And so, therefore, you know, we should, there are ways that we can do this. You know, you can do charitable remainder trusts and things like that to creatively solve your deductibility problem from a tax perspective and still be able to give to an organization on an ongoing basis and not make it really difficult for the organization. Because you know, if all of a sudden all your revenue dries up this year, but in 2020 you're going to get a bunch of money, I mean, you still got to sustain yourself now, and you guys can't just go into debt like other organizations. Correct. Approximately what percent of your budget is from donations? Yeah, so we, um, our budget is under 500000 so we have a tiny, tiny little budget, um, and our, we have a little bit over 10% of our donations come from individual charitable 
contributions, which is a very small percentage. You know, and as an organization, you were talking about how do you become a sustainable um, model. You know, we've been an organization for almost 20 years, and it's really only been in the past two that we have started um, really loudly asking the people that care about us to donate. Um, and so that is something, when you look at other organizations, they've been doing that for a really long time. Um, so that is an area of growth for us as an organization. And, um, you know, Clint, to your, to your comments, I really appreciate the acknowledgement of if you as an individual want an organization and those services to exist, please donate, whatever, whatever your cause is. Um, you know, and acknowledging that nonprofits are here to do roles that either the government isn't doing or that the business sector isn't doing, probably because it's a hard business case to, to make from a pure service revenue perspective. And yet there are organizations that are doing services that community members want and need and depend on. So find your organization and donate. And if, if from a charitable perspective, there are a lot of different models. Um, and, you know, you can either, if you have a financial advisor, ask that individual. If you don't, ask the nonprofit that you care about. You know, I know I have sat down with different tax advisors on finding, okay, if from a, from a tax um, ad advantageous way, what are the ways? And that is information that we as a nonprofit have and can aid you in making sure to ask your tax people the right questions. And so that is part of the conversation happening. Yeah. Jesse, do you have any questions for Clint or I? Yeah. We have a few minutes left on the podcast here and just wanted to open it up to you as well instead Thank of having you. a one-way street here. Thank you. I would love to hear um, from your perspective. You know, it's very clear that sustainability is a, is a big core value of yours. And I really appreciate seeing your focus on ESG for your client's perspective. But I would love to hear um, what sustainability means to your organization and how you hope to continue acting that out in your actions. Who wants to start? Mitch, go ahead. I, okay. I do have something to add, but go okay. ahead. Yeah, so I, for, for the audience out there, I was actually an individual sustainable business network for a year or so before actually coming on board Walkner Condon here. So I was an individual member for a while, and then once I came on here, that entered the kind of the business relationship, so to speak, with the organization. And for me, I was, it was something that was important to me, sustainability in general. Yes, that's kind of a broad thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of things for me is the, the human side, the social side. Not saying that I don't care about the environment, right? Of course I don't want carbon emissions to be spewing into the air and things like that. It's all part of the sustainable mm -hmm. mission like you're talking about. But for me, it's really kind of the human element. And as I realized that and trying to make more of an impact in my day-to-day -day work, that's, you mentioned ESG, and for those that don't know, it's environmental, social, and corporate governance issues from an investing perspective. So then my, my personal interests kind of linked and married with what I was doing in my day-to-day -day work. And also, while I'm at the podcast, I'm going to put a plug in. We have a seminar on ESG <laughs> investing. <laughs> Probably a lot of the listeners already saw the invite, <laughs> but for the record, we have a seminar May 23rd, 530. It's at our office. Contact any of us with questions on that. I clicked interested. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go. I saw thank it on you. Facebook. <laughs> Appreciate it. So that that's the two-minute spiel that I've got. But then maybe if Clint, he's the founder and, and owner, one of the co-founders, one of the co-owners of our business, 
you can maybe talk from the business perspective a little more? Yeah, I mean, you know, Nate and I, when Mitch brought it to us, we said that this is a no-brainer to, to join this organization, and we love their corporate mission. And I think the challenge for us, being in a more service-oriented business, is how do we have a sustainable impact? You know, a lot mm-hmm. of businesses that are more manufacturing-oriented can do huge changes that have, you know, major impacts in what they do. But but we being more of a service-oriented industry, you know, how can we make an impact? And, and then one of the ways is through sustainable investing, and we've done that. You know, I've done that throughout pretty much my entire career. And I think that as advisors, we're doing a disservice to people to dismiss the way that they want to invest if they want to marry up their values um, you know, with their investments. And so as part of their values, it could be sustainability. And you know, I think that you don't give up any performance at all. Uh, and in fact, I, I think that there are, are many cases where you can say, hey, look, if you're, if you're com- the companies that you want to buy are, you know, following good corporate practices from the environmental and the social and the corporate governance all together, would you not have better long-term returns? I mean, you know, so that that kind of beyond makes quarterly, sense. right? Yeah. yeah, beyond quarterly, and I, I, that is part of the issue, Mitch. You know, that's a great point. Is that we are too quarterly focused. In fact, I think we should do away with quarterly earnings calls altogether. That's just a personal opinion. I think we should go to annual reporting because I, I think that we've we've missed what this is all you know i think that the good companies now look at a really long term you know mm-hmm. and so you know if you're not trying to make this quarterly earnings you know you take a look it's a microcosm but elon musk doesn't care at all about this last corporate earning i don't know whether that's good or not but it seems like he doesn't care at all because he's looking for this long-term mission now i don't know whether that'll end up being a good example or a bad example we look back at it two years from now because they might be bankrupt but that being said i mean you know you can definitely marry up your investments along with your values. And so, therefore, I think that's how we are kind of it having an impact on overall sustainability. And we do things in the office, too. And, you know, we have, you know, we do have a paperless office and we really committed to that and, you know, and things like that. I think you brought up a great point when you brought up CSAs and things like that. And so, I guess I would be really interested to hear some other examples, Jesse, that you would give of saying, okay, if I'm more service oriented, mm-hmm. how can I have an impact? Um, and be more sustainable. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I'm glad that this is definitely part of something that is top of mind for both of you personally, as well as how you approach your your profession. So kudos. Um, From a service perspective, you know, people always, I hear that all the time, well, what can I do? I'm a service. And I think the number one is the service you're providing. How can you involve sustainability into that? You guys already have that. Okay, check. So let's move on. When you look at your supply chain, you know, who are your vendors? Who are your vendors for physical things, your other service vendors? Making sure that they're having um, similar practices. If if it's a... So there's that piece. Um, I think looking at, you know, how do you treat your people from an HR perspective? There are a lot of... Um, changes you can make within your HR to ensure that you are um, supporting sustainable practices in your employees' lives. And from a client, how are you engaging with your clients? Um, What questions are you asking them? What are the defaults? And so with all of these, especially in the supply chain, um, it often starts with a question. And this is such a silly example, but it's so simple. Um, So Serginian's Carpet, they... um, We worked with them, oh gosh, 2009, 2010, um, through the Empower program, and they're a Sustainable Business Network member as well. And they had these long cardboard tubes 
um, that their carpet or their flooring came on and they couldn't recycle those. And they, they didn't understand why. And so they asked the recycling company, why can't we recycle them? And they said, because they don't fit in the bin. They said, if we cut them in half and put them in the bin, can we recycle them? They're like, of course. So, I mean, like, come on, just ask questions. You know, another wow. example. That's a 30 second phone call. Yeah, a 30 second phone call. Another 30 second phone call. The Plaza Tavern. Everyone's favorite eco dive off of State Street, right? They, you know, the, um, the beer lights or the, the beer signs. They asked their vendors, are these LED? And they said, no. And they said, well, can you switch to LED? And they said, well, we, we're not sure. They said, well, we're only going to hang signs up if they're LED. Within the next week, all of their signs were LED. Simple, simple questions. Green cleaning, um, you know, HR questions. Like, do we have a uh, vacation PTO policy that is flexible enough to allow my employees to take care of their sick family? You know, like... <laughs> Simple questions that often have very simple answers. So it's really just taking that time to do an inventory and assess. I love the fact that that you've weaved sustainability and wellness together too, because I, I think that those things are so important. You know, you're mm -hmm. talking about CSAs and you're talking about policies that help sick kids get better. I mean, these are no brainers, but it's all about wellness, right? And mm -hmm. being flexible and, you know, having somebody be the best version of themselves, right? And if yeah. you don't put any time in it, or, and, and we spend so much time at work. Yes. So we've got to weave that in. It's it, As corporate citizens, we've got to allow that, you know? And that's why, you know, we're a smaller company, so it, it's kind of easier for us, but we really have... We have no vacation policy. It's take whatever you, you need. And, and we are very flexible with, you know, if you want to work out in the morning or over lunch or what have you, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's part of your day that you have to try to find some time to weave it in. And you've just got to make that schedule and just do it. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and I recently had a baby. I've mentioned that several times. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Mitch and I are both sleep-deprived new parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was one of those things where they said... They, meaning Clinton and Nate, they told me, like, we better not see you the after that next week, you know, that your baby arrived. Because it's one of those things where for me and, and retaining me as an employee, that's something that's huge. That speaks volumes as a new father to just go and spend a, a full week not worrying about work, just focusing only on my little girl. And mm -hmm. that's it. So that, that was something that was really cool from the employee's perspective, like myself. Well, right, and over lunch, you try to get back to, you know, your family as well, which, you know, we've, we've been like, yeah, you, you should do that. I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, the time is precious. They're only an infant once, you know, so it's it's just so important to do that. Well, now, Jesse, you have like, like a real walker right oh now, so that's, that's <laughs> awesome. If real walking is defined as five steps, yes. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> five, five turns into two, six. Right? <laughs> five, five and then a face plant, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming in. We're kind of wrapping it up here now time-wise, but is there anything else? You mentioned that in November you've mm -hmm. got the big Sustained Dane annual conference. What, Sustainability what's Summit. Sustainability Summit. I'm sorry, the Sustained Dane Summit. Okay. That's the Sustained name of it, the Dane Sustained Dane Summit. Summit. It is formerly Badger Bioneers, which is why... Oh, I, yeah. So I recognize Badger Bioneers. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we made changed change. the name this year. Good to know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, anything else that you want to throw out to the podcast listeners out there? Yeah, I would, um, especially if you're part of the professional world, I would invite you to the um, July Sustainable Business Network meeting. Um, should be looking at my calendar, but it's July 25th or 26th, whatever that Wednesday is. 
And that's at Goodman Community Center? Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Jesse. We really enjoyed the conversation. Mm -hmm. And for those listeners out there, feel free to reach out if there's any questions on something that popped up in the podcast today. Feel free to reach out. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.